Welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over gloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, Peeps, with your peeps, Irene peeps. and Katrina. Peeps. How are you, friend? Hive sister. Hive sister. High five. Hive five. We're so dumb. Hive fives. I am covered in hives, Irene, Irene. Like, I don't even know what to do anymore. Do you, do you want to know something funny? So yesterday or the day before, what day is today? Today's Wednesday uh, on Monday. Wednesday. Um, I'm driving to work after a 14 hour work day. And um, as you do, I get a phone call from from right from Gina Dorfman, our bestie Gina, who was her. listening to the podcast. I don't know what podcast episode she's on, but she said that we were talking about our hives, which I feel like every podcast episode since <laughs> January we've been talking about hives because I've had them since January <laughs> and you've had them since like the end of February. February, yeah. So so she was listening to the podcast. Hey, May May, can you close the door here for a second? Thank you. May May. May May, everybody. May May, close May, the door, May in the house. May May in the house. May May in the house. For those of you that are listening, uh, May May is the individual that I hired from Starbucks. So if you're wondering how she's doing, she's yes. fabulous. Um, anywho, so so Gina calls and she was like, I was listening to your podcast and I immediately stopped it because I needed to call and see if you're okay because it sounds like you still have hives. <laughs> and so we talked about it for 45 minutes and then I felt a lot better. I feel like I need a therapist. We were talking yeah. about therapy and yeah. how I don't, um, I'm very afraid to see a therapist because I feel like it'll unpack a lot and then mm-hmm. there's just like no turning back from that. Yeah. Um, so for those of you that do see a therapist, I admire you greatly. I want to be more like She's wonderful. Do you? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I can. I'm not ready. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not ready. I was not ready either. But when like two parents die over the span of 24 months, like you go see a therapist. Like you know what I mean. Like you just have stuff to work through. So um, I see a therapist, and she's actually wonderful. And um, it it, you know it helps you unpack some things. But I still have stress hives, so I don't know if therapy is going to help with the stress hives. I just I don't rightly know. But I will tell you one of the reasons. You know what I think will help? What? I feel like will help. I feel like I feel like a body of water would help. Like for me, at least like the ocean you because you're not. Yeah. Like the ocean or like flying to Israel and like just floating in the Dead Sea. Mm. uh, Some form of like glacier water. I don't know. Hot spring and freaking Iceland. Like going to the Blue Lagoon. I feel like that is my body's just me, the is telling lagoon. me it's rem- <laughs> like cocoon. Yeah, like the, <laughs> you can just like, like literally get going to the Blue Lagoon in in no the Blue Lagoon is in is in Iceland. Yes, yes, that's right. Which yes. is very green. I feel like I feel like I feel like that is what um what my body's trying to tell me that I need. It's possible. Um, but I will tell you part of maybe the reason why I'm gathering more stress hives. I'm. I'm really actually I'm excited, but I also have stress hives about it. Are you ready for this, Irene? Uh oh. Oh no. I'm I'm renovating my kitchen. You don't even cook. Well, but maybe I will more if I (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I cannot. Postmates is gonna be like, where are you? And I'm gonna be like, sorry, I got a new kitchen. No. So I bought my house 12 years ago. 
And I remember like my realtor and I like walking in my house had like was a flip. So it's it's you know, it's a nice, you know, it's got some nice digs, but the kitchen is like awful. Like the cabinets are like freaking like stock, like gross cabinet. You know, I just it's like, OK, come on. So I've been wanting to renovate my kitchen since I bought the house like over a decade ago. And it's just been like weighing on me and weighing on me and weighing on me. And finally, I'm just like, I'm going to do it. So tomorrow, actually, my contractor. Wait, are you doing it? No, You're I'm not, not doing anything. Doing no, it. like you I mean, are not physically. I'm not physically okay. doing anything. I mean, right now what I'm okay. doing, these are things that you don't realize until like you're, you know, in go time because I have a contractor who's, you know, doing like the major work. But, you know, I had like thing. selected. Yeah. I selected the drawer pulls and I selected like what types of cabinets I wanted. Um, so I've got all of that, like the majority of the items done and taken care of and my appliances and whatever, you know, all that's like getting taken care of. But my contractor is coming tomorrow to like completely like, what do they call Demo. Like they're just like blowing everything out. My yeah, ceilings yeah. are going up, like the whole thing. So like a lot of stuff is happening and I'm like, do, 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 do. And then I realize like, oh, I need to like pack up my dishes and my spice rack and like put them in like boxes somewhere in my house. Again, like I don't really cook that much. Right. So it's not that inconvenient for me, but I just, I have to do it. So basically so like, by spices, you mean like the celery stuff that goes around the rim of your Bloody Mary. Like that's, that's precisely the spices that you what have. I was thinking. Like the right. items that I put right. on the rims. Like the mustard that you use for the charcuterie board. Exactly. For the like, items. I, yeah, like, yeah, I your like cheese have, knives. Right. right. <laughs> I don't right. like, like do you even have mugs or do you just drink everything out of a wine glass? Cause I feel like that would be you. It's like, I would come over to your house and you're like, I'm making breakfast and like Uber eats arrives. And then there's like a glass, a, a wine, a <laughs> wine tumbler full of, full of coffee. Like, sorry, I don't have any Literally, mugs. That's it. That's all I, Can I all would I you like some like spices with your eggs? I have this celery root protein spice for shakers. Your drink. That's it. That's all I have. Yeah, no, it's like hysterical. So I'm like, I'm going through all this stuff. And then of course, to your point, I'm realizing that like, I need to like be like a big girl and like get actual plates, like not purchased from like Walmart or whatever. So I'm like, ugh. so, you know, just doing that, which is exciting. Look at, I'm scratching a hive right now as I'm talking about it. I'm excited. No. Um, it's going to be fabulous. And, um, I just can't wait to see some, I'm going to like post on Insta, like a before and after. So everybody can see mm-hmm. like the, you know, everyone you loves should those. interview your contractors. Um, my contractor is hysterical. He's, but I'm trying to get him, him like, a- you should, you should do like, you should do like a weekly check-in and like do dental questions, like dental questions <gasps> with my contractor That's a good idea. and see what and he knows. How we do it too. Cause he's cool. But I, I'm trying to get him to quit smoking because I know he smokes and I'm like, Joshua, you have to like you have to stop smoking. So maybe what we could do is like peer pressure him over the next few weeks over Instagram stories to get him to quit smoking. Oh God, that I mean, or he's actually going to do it, or he's going to leave you high and dry. He'd be like, screw yeah, you, he's Ginger. Be you can like, finish your own. <laughs> screw you kitchen. and your dumb cabinets, Ginger. <laughs> oh my gosh, uh, how are oh you, gosh, Irene? Well, tell me the truth. Tell me all the things. Ah, uh, I'm good. I mean. I'm oh I'm I'm looking out the window at the dental office that just opened up across the oh, street yeah. from me. What's their what's their deal? Um, what's the scuttle? The I don't know. I don't I have it. Uh, we we glance like I can like I'm looking over there and the girl at the front is looking over here. 
Was she looking so at you right now? Look at each other awkwardly. <laughs> she was, and then she turned away. <laughs> every time it's she like, looks at you, you should be like, "Turn around." And it's funny because, like, every time a patient will come to the office, like they'll look, like they'll look out the window, and they like watch us bring the patient in. It's the weirdest thing. Like, huh. it, it just feels very strange. So I bought an orchid, and I'm gonna walk it over there later. Oh. But it's pouring rain right now, so I was like, I'm not gonna walk it over in the rain because I don't want to like go over there holding yeah. a plant in the pouring rain like that's yeah. just really desperate but i'm gonna go over there after and that's say hello nice of you and, and, and maybe make a joke about the staring at one another part <laughs> but yeah day two day two of the office being open and it's not looking so hot because their signs are falling down oh no um, <laughs> you yeah. are looking at <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hard not to see it's like flapping in the wind and it's pouring rain so there's nobody going out there to fix it anytime soon but anyway i'm i'm fine Oh, okay. Good. Are are you are you I, I saw people on on um listening to this don't know, but you sent me your new t- shirt that you bought, which I absolutely love. Will you tell I did. I bought I a t shirt that says Living My Best Life. Yes. But I didn't realize that it's a crop top and it's like a, <gasps> a child size crop top. So Cute. I took a photo of it from like the boob up because yeah. you could like see bottom boobs. So there's no way that I'm wearing it in public. Oh, I wore it for five minutes and I was you like, OK, well, this was fun. <laughs> You're like, hey, Chris, I you wore it top? as I was emptying out my closets and purging my clothing. I've, I've decided that I want a whole new wardrobe. So I've just gave everything away. Like I'm literally giving everything away. Good for you. If anyone wants anything. If anybody wants open, anything from Irene's closet. Yeah. She's all, cleaning out all, the closet. It's all going. It's gone. It's getting gone. Doing um, it. We've got an episode today. Kindly I'm sponsored so by our peeps at Dentsply Serona. Yes. And there's a lot of cool things happening in the DS world these days. If you're a follower of peeps on Instagram, you need to head over to mm-hmm. Danny's Instagram account. Danny yes. Ultrasonic Coach. She's giving away a freedom uh cordless polisher which i just did a video yes. on about like the things that i love about uh new pro product new pro products say mm-hmm. that five times fast new pro product Do it. i can't but yeah. i will tell you this See? it's hard as uh, you know as a celiac um new pro products are gluten free and we've talked about this yes. before but like it's really important especially for people that have celiac disease we like knowing that. How much so, gluten is too much gluten for someone that has celiac disease? Let's talk about this for like five seconds. Like, would you be able to tell if you went somewhere and they polished your teeth with something that wasn't gluten free? Um, Probably. I, I will say it's not it's like a, a true allergic reaction is not dose dependent. You know what I mean? Like if you get one bee sting versus if you get multiple bee stings, if it is a true type one hypersensitivity challenge, like. You know, oh, that, no. that can be but an issue. But he's not so. wearing his glasses. I know. Is that his? My girl. <laughs> he's not wearing I his glasses. Um, <laughs> but I will Sorry. say, like, so it, it it is. And for somebody who has celiac disease, I'll say this. Um, we already feel like the freaks at the table when we're ordering dinner. Like, I'll give you an example. The Lumber and I this past weekend, we went on this, like, romantic, like, stargazing boat tour thing there yes there is a lake in arizona and yeah he was like oh i really want to take you on this like beautiful thing and blah 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 blah. we were by far the youngest people on that boat by like three decades like without a doubt but it was like really special yeah i mean it's just like you know all these people like oh wow look at those deer they were not deer they were like goats like climbing in the mountain but we were on this like really romantic like boat ride thing blah 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 and they're serving dinner on the boat and they're like 
Who's who's the gluten free? They're like announcing this as they're bringing like the one plate oh of gluten free cheesecake, and I'm like, that's me. Like, I, you know what I mean? It's just and and whatever. It is what it is, and obviously, like he's fine with it, and whatever. But it's just we already feel like the freaks at the table, and we do have to be very careful about it because having celiac disease is different than somebody who's making an active choice to just like not eat gluten because of diet. Right. You know, choices. So whatever what, that what is. happens? What happens? What what are what are the most common symptoms of someone that has celiac disease and consumes or is prov- is provided a solution like a profi polish that has gluten in it? So intraorally, um, you'd probably get like recurrent apthostomatitis. That's a really common finding that you see with somebody who is experiencing like topical glutens. Um, on, if you had shampoo that had gluten in it, like your your hair would fall out or you'd get a rash, um, you know, on your no scalp. No way. Your hair would fall out? My hair did fall out. Wow. Like my hair was falling out. So Before when you go to I a had- hairdresser... Do you make sure that your hairdresser has a gluten free solution? Yep. Yeah. Holy molar. And I will say like my the gal who does my hair, she's amazing and she uses, you know, all natural products. So that really does help. But yeah, you do have to be careful with that. Wearing lotion, putting lipstick or lip gloss on or anything like that. You do have to be careful about what products or what gluten could be in those products. And then when you consume gluten, if you have celiac disease, um, your body could break out into a rash. Uh, the biggest issue really is GI issues. Hey, hives. Do you think your hives could be related to gluten? Um, it could be, but my diet is so clean. Um, I mean, I really, right. uh, you know, I've, I've completely eradicated. There's no gluten anywhere in my house, you know, and I don't, I don't consume anything. So I'm not really concerned about that. That was, a, that's a good thought. So at any rate, uh, what I will say is this, if a patient sits down in your chair and they do have celiac disease or they do have a hypersensitivity to gluten, they will absolutely appreciate you as a hygienist saying, we utilize new pro products here at our practice and they are entirely gluten free. I know it sounds silly, but, you know, think about people that have like allergies to dyes, you know. They appreciate you taking that into consideration. So um, and in fact, I will say this as well. There are restaurants that are gluten free friendly um, that people that have celiac disease or gluten intolerance, um, they, you know, they follow like they they all communicate with each other locally that you yeah. know, if you do have a practice that is sensitive to those things, um, you could get a really nice patient following just based on your um, compliance and consideration there. So something to consider. Yeah. yeah. Um, really. Yeah, so the two awesome. the two polishes, the two like flavors that I have in the office, uh, citrus mint is one of them. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. there's like a regular mint. And I love that, like. Not only is it gluten free and dye free mm-hmm. um, and SLS free, but yes. um, it includes Sensodyne's um, Nova Mint yes, in it. The Nova so Mint helps great. with sensitivity. So, like, I posted a video a few weeks ago about me polishing someone's teeth using Disclosing Agent. And they were like, wait, do you polish first or do you polish at the end? And it's like one of those things where we, like, our patients ask us, like, do you want me to floss first or do you want me to floss at the end? And, like, right. My answer, and I don't know if your answer is the same. But my answer is like, I don't care when you floss as long as you floss. Just do like it. you can floss mm-hmm. at the beginning. You can floss at the end. You can floss in the morning. You can floss at night. Mm-hmm. You can eat green eggs and ham. Sam, <laughs> I am like, I don't care when you do it. Just do it. And it's the same thing like with polish. If I find someone that has a lot of plaque built up and I don't want to sit there ultrasonicing or hand scaling forever, then I'll mm-hmm. polish first and then mm-hmm. get the like big stuff out of the way. But the Novamin really helps with sensitivity. So if you have someone that's like super cold sensitive and they're like sensitive to the ultrasonic because of the temperature, then um, you can do that first. So 
Um, link yes, in our bio my- for special discounts. So this is new. This is new, Katrina. You don't even know about this. So uh, we are being offered some very special discounts for you peeps because we talk yes. about all these cool products and then everyone's like, well, how do we get them? So Densply Serona, and we alluded to this in our last week's episode, has created a new platform online where you can purchase products directly from their site and then it sends you to their um, the, the distributor page. So you've got to visit the link in the bio below, like the link in the in the mm-hmm. comment section in the copy below. Um, and then you can see what fun stuff DS is providing with your purchase. I which love I that. hear is fancy stuff, especially with the cordless polisher. Who doesn't love like fun gifts like that? My favorite part of New Pro, I will say, and I know I keep saying this, but um, because I do have another favorite part, is the splatter free component of the polish. Yes. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot of people, you know, even having to explore different like polishing heads because we a want to reduce the splatter because of, you know, the concerns of aerosol generation and things like that. And splatter is annoying. And, and so it's gross. It's super gross. Like, do you remember like getting that like rope of splatter, like, you know, coursing around your, I can't, your I can't, uh, I can't. head, you know, so it's it's it is it's icky. So. What's nice about this particular concentration of the polish is that it is um, splatter free as well, which is really nice. Yeah. And it, of course, it has, um, you know, better uh, optimal concentration to be able to get into the interproximal space. Great for people that have orthodontia where you do want to get that polish into the nooks and crannies around the bands and brackets yeah. and things like that. So really think about that. Um, those are things that oftentimes I think when we're in hygiene school, we don't think about when if we're like, oh, polish is polish. Like we're just concerned about if the patient likes the flavor. And it's like your polish can have additive products like the Novamin in it. You know, it can have it can be sodium lauryl sulfate free, things like that that are are really important for us as clinicians. So really take that into consideration, um, you know, because what you have on your tray, that's the tool that you have to really be successful in patient care. So uh, check it out, you guys. I think that's like this is one thing too. like before we move on to our episode. It's one thing that like thinking back to when I worked for other offices, like we only had two options. It was like bubble gum or mint. Like yeah, you had one yeah. of two options or one of three options. And our, my doc never really understood why there are so many different polishes on the market, like mm-hmm. why there are so many different flavors and ingredients and stuff like it's like toothpaste you're, mm-hmm. in your office. You're hopefully not just stocking one type of like whatever Oral-B or Colgate or whatever toothpaste. Mm-hmm. You have a variety of them because there are ingredients that are made for a variety of peeps. Sure. So if you are in that office that they only have like two options, like mint and bubble gum, but you don't really know what's in them, like presenting it to your doc as if as if, you know, this is a solution for patients that you need. Yeah. Because uh, they perhaps don't even know, you know, yeah. the details about it. But anyway, we Absolutely. have an episode and you're going to do the song today. I, know. I don't know. My my phone is backing up at the same time that my hard drive is backing up. And Gotta I'm like just up. praying that this 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 recording records. Um, So I, I'm formally accepting a tune. I'd like a tune. A tune. Um, for this week's this week's episode. OK, so remember, I mean, this is a tune to help you know who it is that is speaking this week on our podcast. Okay, okay here we go. That Keith Urban? That's not Keith Urban. It's not Keith Urban. Who is that? I don't know who that is. Tell you right. Where's Tell you right, Irene? Where's where? 
Where's Telluride? Tell- is that a place? <laughs> it's a place. Tell you right. Yeah. Tell you right. It's, it's a, a place. person, place, or thing. Person, place, or thing. Person, place, or thing. It's a place. It's a place. <laughs> it's a place it's a in place. a state here in in um in the United States of America. Wait, that's not a state. Tell you right. It's not a state, but it's a place in a state of the United. A place in a state. Okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do it. Tell. How do you spell? It? Tell you ride. Tell you ride. Like I can tell that Look you ride. Like. Like mm-hmm. I can tell you ride, tie, tell you ride town, tell you ride town in Colorado. Oh, mm-hmm. Colorado. Um, uh, our friend, our friend Alyssa. Yes, um, Alyssa Aberly. Yes, she she is a huge advocate for independent dental hygiene. So for those of you opening up your practices, um, or wanting to open up your practices similar to the peeps across the street from me. Um, then that is, that is what, Make sure your signs don't call down though. Don't, you, don't set up your practice across yeah. the street from Irene. Cause she's just going to sit there and stare at you. You mean mug me right. like she's doing right now. No, I'm going to, I'm going to go over there and say hi and give him a plant. Um, I'll give him one of my plants. I'll bring one of my plants that are dying. I'll give it to them. There you go. <laughs> may or may not have infested it with fleas. Just kidding. Um, cool. So this is Alyssa Averly chatting about all of the things that she's doing for dental mm-hmm. hygiene. Uh, and uh, yeah, and we will catch you on the on the flip side. On the flippity flip. To another episode of the Tooth of Dare podcast, peeps, with your very inappropriate peeps, Irene and Katrina. Uh, we, our, our editor probably we, edited out all of the stuff that you just said about my husband, probably rightfully so. It's probably for the best. How are you, friend? What's happening in your I'm life? I'm so good. How are you, Irene? Oh, you know, just the itchy and scratchy show over here. Living my Live, best life. Living your itchy life. Do you the remember itchy, that? The itchy and scratchy, scratchy show. Was that from? It was like Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Was, those were good times. I wish I could go back to those times. Like if I could go back to like the mornings where I would like sneak into the living room to watch TV. Yeah. My parents and you're like get footy mad. pajamas. Yeah. Yes. And you eat cereal. And, and what was your favorite cereal, Irene? Oh, Fruit Loops. Fruit, fruit or Loops? Fruit Loops. Do you, did you not have fruit those? Loops. The little yes, colorful donuts here in, in America. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We do. Fruit Loops are my favorite. I also yes. really liked Count Chocula. Okay. No. My my mom. No. I, no. Those were all great, but my mom didn't get us like the like popular cereals that the kids were eating these days. Like I got like rice checks. So my mom, my mom used bought. to go to the bulk store and buy the fake yeah. version of them and then put them yeah. in the bag in the box yeah. of the originals. Yeah. So I had no clue okay. that like we were broke. Oh, she's people. creative. Yeah. So she was like, well, I wanted my <laughs> daughter to feel like she was eating Count Chocula. <laughs> but really, it's just the puffs from the like bin at the I bulk mean, store. That's a TED talk someday. It's I in one of my cool, lectures. It's actually it. in the lecture that <laughs> I was it? supposed to record yesterday, but the fire alarm went off three times. Yeah, it's in one of my lectures about about the oh, the cute. anyways the the budgetness of Irene. Um, well, speaking of non budget people, yet- we're going to talk to someone. We have a guest <laughs> who's like patiently awaiting her introduction, um, and is I'm is, so excited, Irene, to you? introduce you this look guest. Excited. <clears throat> you do. You look really yes, excited because. 
Or it's because the glow it's, from the hives. I don't know which one of the two. Yeah, my hives are making me glow. Um, you know, she's amazing. And this is what's so incredible. Do you ever like meet someone and you're just like, first of all, you're incredible. Like, I don't know how you do all the things that you do in a day. And yet you're kind and you're giving and you're supportive and you are single-handedly going to move our profession so much further forward because of the work that you're doing. Do you ever meet somebody like that, that you're just like, wow, like this person is incredible. Yes. Yes. I do. I felt that I feel the first that. time I, feel I met. when I meet you, my love. Oh, Irene. Yeah. I, I no, felt that with you right, too. Though. There are a lot of really cool humans out there. And I guess that was one of the yeah. reasons why we started this podcast to be able to interview cool people doing cool things that are inspiring. Hashtag inspiration. Hashtag, hashtag motivation Monday. Oh, it hashtag is a Monday. Besties. Hey. Hashtag yes. yes. Um, so tell us about our guest and how you know our so, guest or introduce her and then is, tell us how you know her. Okay, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna introduce her and then we'll tell I'll tell you how I met her, which is actually kind of funny. But um, so this is Alyssa Aberly. She is the uh, past president of the Colorado Dental Hygienists Association. Um, she uh, is incredibly involved in uh, advocacy and all of the amazing things that they are doing in the state of Colorado. Um, I, I travel, you know, nationally and there's such a lens on what Colorado is doing because hygienists have a lot of autonomy to do some incredible things within the state. And I know that Alyssa's partnership is huge in that. Uh, she's also an amazing advocate for silver diamine fluoride and does a lot of speaking and lecturing and training for hygienists on SDF. She's a huge advocate for teledentistry, huge advocate for helping hygienists in rural areas to be able to provide the high level standard of care uh, that they wish to be able to provide. She's also just an amazing wealth of knowledge. And so I'm grateful to have her. Um, and finally, this is something that I really respect about Alyssa and really all of the incredible minds in the state of Colorado. She has a very futuristic brain. The way that she um, organizes and leads Colorado with their annual session and a lot of the training and things that they're doing in Colorado is just beyond um, a lot of the other states are looking at what Colorado is doing and saying, oh, I'd like to adapt some of that because of just the way that their brain works uh, just completely differently. And so uh, Alyssa is absolutely at the helm of all of that. And I'm grateful to have her here today. So welcome the fabulous Alyssa Aberly. And thank you for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thanks. I, I was going to say, I feel the same way about, about you guys um, when you meet somebody that kind of just changes your perspective on what you're doing. So I appreciate you guys. So, so funny. Alyssa, well, welcome to the show. Welcome. Yes, yes, yes. We're so excited. I have to tell you about how I met Alyssa. Okay. So um, Alyssa was in town with a couple of other gals from Colorado and they were here because uh, Jeanette uh, McLean Budd, who we've actually had on the podcast, was doing a program on silver diamine fluoride. And mm -hmm. so Alyssa came in town. And they reached out to me and they're like, hey, like, you're the wine genist. Like, we'd love to go out to happy hour with you. Well, Alyssa was like super pregnant at the time. <laughs> so she's well, just sitting very, there like. Actually very newly pregnant. So I like. Oh, that's right. You were newly knew pregnant. I was pregnant. 
Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So newly pregnant. And she's like, Oh, I, I, you know, she's just sitting there watching us all enjoy our wine. And I kind of felt bad, but, uh, since then we've been able to really connect and, um, uh, partner on a lot of really cool things. And, um, and it's great to be able to have you on and to learn about you behind the scenes and all of the incredible things that you're doing. So we're grateful to have you. Thanks. It's great to be here. I want to learn so much about a, okay, let's do it. Where do we go? Yes. Let's, let's do, do the, the way thing. back playback the and I then mean. I'll do my in current time. Yeah. Yes. Um, tell us a little bit about you, like pre dentistry. What were you like? Where'd you grow up? What school did you go to? Um, were you a cheerleader? Um, did you eat dirt in the playground when you were four? What instrument did you play in the marching band? Yeah. What was your did favorite you like lunchable balloons flavor? and clowns or not so much? We want to know it all. Yeah. Perfect. Take us um, back to the good old like, days. Oh no. <laughs> sure. so I, I say that I'm a little bit of a nomad. So I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. That's where my mom's from. But we moved to Chicago when I was about six months old. My parents worked for Sears. So they got transferred to the Sears Tower. Hmm. And um, oh. that, that's where they worked. I know nobody thinks about Sears Tower being owned by Sears, but it was yeah. for a long time. Um, <laughs> and so... We, I grew up in Chicago, lived there all of my childhood until I graduated high school, and then randomly decided to go to college in Oklahoma at a small Christian school. Yeah. So my friends all said that I just spun a globe and pointed and just ended up at some random place in Oklahoma. Um, had no family there, had no relation to Oklahoma. But wait, just- why, why Oklahoma again? I had visited a bunch of small private schools and just really enjoyed it. And I don't, I don't really know, just okay. ended up there. And so I went to school there for about two and a half years and then decided I wanted to do dental hygiene. Um, rewinding when I was in high school or so, my cousin was married to a guy who was in dental school And he would always kind of talk to me about dental things. And I knew I kind of wanted to go into healthcare, but hadn't really decided what I wanted to do. So I worked for my orthodontist my senior year of high school doing sterilization after school. And um, his best friend was a general dentist. So I kind of shadowed over there a little bit too. So anyway, I went to college still kind of not having a clear direction where I was going, decided on dental hygiene. and didn't really want to stay in Oklahoma because everybody in Oklahoma loves Oklahoma and is from Oklahoma and eight generations have lived in Oklahoma and they're just never leaving. And (laughs) I just didn't want to live there forever. So I decided to move to Colorado and um, applied to dental hygiene school here, but didn't know if I had gotten accepted when I moved. And I moved in December and started hygiene school in July. And married a guy who's from here and we're probably never moving anywhere else. So, um, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I ended up here. Hold on. Before before we move on, did you know when you moved to Colorado, because Colorado has been kind of on the cusp very much, you know, uh, for advocacy and policies and things that hygienists can do. Did you know at the time when you moved to Colorado that you were moving to a state that had a lot of these opportunities or was it just like spun the globe again and picked? No clue. Um, I didn't really know anything about Colorado. I um, dated a guy briefly in college who had grown up in Boulder, but didn't live here anymore. And he always talked about how great it was. And I was like, well, if I'm going to move somewhere, might as well move somewhere that's 
interesting. And so um, I had only been out here once to visit for a ski weekend and just decided to move out here. Um, I did know that I wanted to get a bachelor's in hygiene because at that point I had already been in college for two and a half years. And so to me, it didn't make sense to do four years for an associate's degree, though that's now most people's option. So it's great. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of was set on getting a bachelor's and my parents were living in Wisconsin at the time. They had moved from Chicago to Milwaukee. And um, so I didn't really want to move back there because I didn't know anyone there um, to go to You would have known there. me. <laughs> yeah, right? I mean, we would have met earlier. Um, I know, how random. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just was like, I'll look for other bachelor programs in hygiene and ended up here. And looking back, it was, you know serendipity or whatever, but it was meant to be. So. Wow. So here you are. I I like hearing about this Colorado practice stuff because I follow quite a bit. Like I follow the ADHA has a series of little resources. There's just one like allowable tasks circle. Have Mm -hmm. you guys seen that circle? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was actually, um, when I did unleashing your potential with ADHA, which is like a leadership weekend, we were the group that kind of helped develop that wheel. Oh, cool. Um, so I yeah, love so it because can... I, I, I have it saved to my cell phone as a, it like, um, people text me all the time about mm-hmm. opening up a practice and the different types of things that you can do. So I share that like link mm-hmm. so that they can see if they live in a state that allows them to do so. So right. I like this little wheel because it's broken down based on like uh midwest northeast south southeast yeah. south and blah, it's blah, very you know easy what I mean? to read i always tell people it does get out of date obviously very quickly because yeah. things yeah. are changing very quickly so i was say, say you know use it as a baseline and then if something's if you know something's incorrect let them know because they'll update it they update it pretty frequently too but do they so tell yeah. us a about the unleashing your potential and also and I'm going to throw this in the chat box so that our uh, Sean John has the link for it. If you guys want to, if you need it, it's here. So tell us about unleashing your potential. Tell us about, um, tell us about the scope of practice of someone in Colorado for those that are listening that perhaps don't know all of the things. So yeah, it, sure. Colorado yeah. and um, Oregon, I guess, are the two closest states that have all of the uh, allowable. Um, I don't even know how to say it. Like yeah. All of the boxes filled in. All of yeah. the boxes checked out. All of the, the highest level of scope of practice for a hygienist. Yeah. Um, I'll start with unleashing your potential. Um, and I don't know what that workshop is going to look like moving forward. ADHA has kind of evolved it over the years. Um, it used to be the constituent officer workshop cow, and then they kind of morphed it into this unleashing your potential. But basically when I went in 2000, 16, I believe. Um, again, I was super pregnant that time. <laughs> and I, it was a workshop where they, you applied for it and they tried to get representation from around the country. I think there were 25 or 30 hygienists that they would accept each year. And it was um, paid for by Colgate and they would fly you to Chicago and they did a lot of leadership training. Um, personality assessment, workshop type stuff. And it was really for leaders in your state associations to be around other leaders from other state associations and kind of 
build off of each other's successes and learn about your leadership style. And it was, it was a great workshop and I made a lot of really great friendships there. Um, But yeah, one of the things that we did at the beginning of the workshop was the group from, I think it's from SUNY in New York that developed that wheel. They had their research team out at the ADHA home office in Chicago and they would, they brought us in in small groups from different states and would interview us about our state scope of practice and the nuances. Because even though on that wheel, like some people, some states might all have like the pink square colored in, it doesn't always mean the same thing. So when you're talking the pink square on the, on the thing, it means dental hygiene diagnosis. So only yeah. two of the, all of the states, how yeah. many states are represented here? I think 50. All 50. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just making sure. Cause sometimes, you know, yeah, I think like so Alaska doesn't count, but it does. In, yeah, there's in, a lot the of Canadian nuances world. in state to state scope of practice that. Sorry, dental hygiene diagnosis. Only two states of all of the 50 states are able to provide dental hygiene diagnosis. Yeah. What does that mean mm-hmm. to you? Because for us, dental hygiene diagnosis is a statement that we make after we probe that involves our clinical attachment levels and or loss and bleeding sites and the appearance of the tissue. So like client presents with generalized mild chronic marginal gingivitis with localized moderate severe blah 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 blah, that statement yeah so i i would agree with that that and i would think that i i know that every dental hygiene school in the united states teaches that right that is part of our curriculum Mm -hmm. from the commission on dental accreditation but only two states legally allow a hygienist to make that diagnosis without a dentist and treatment plan based on their own diagnosis. In the other 48 states, there has to be an exam by a dentist and the dentist has to make the like official diagnosis to then create the treatment plan. So like in Colorado, a hygienist without any supervision of a dentist can make their dental hygiene diagnosis, create their treatment plan and begin treatment without a dentist ever seeing the patient. And that is definitely rare in the United States. Yes. So here, that is rare. We can, I can make that statement, but I can't diagnose periodontal disease and I can't diagnose anything I see on a radiograph. So my gingival statement, my dental hygiene diagnosis is based on a gingival statement, but the perio statement needs to be given as a direct order by the doc after reviewing Hmm. an x ray. So that like generalized mild chronic marginal or generalized horizontal periodontal disease and the stage in the grade that needs to be provided to me by the doc or confirmed by the doc. So in Colorado, a hygienist can do that part as well. So So is that built in the same to the same pink? Yes. Um, I think that's kind of what they mean more with the pink, but like I said, that it's hard because let's say, um, the ADHA also has a map that shows direct access states. And I, I don't know the number currently, but it's growing. And I think it's like 40 something states now are considered direct access states, which means that a hygienist can provide treatment to a patient directly, but there's a lot of nuance in that. Like they are, that does not mean the same in every state, obviously. So in some states that means that they can, but only after a dentist has done an exam or that 
as long as a dentist has done an exam within a year or Got it. in certain settings, or there's a lot of stipulations to that. So it's, it's hard because even looking at the wheel, that's not going to tell you all the intricacies. Got it. Yeah. I see. Can I ask you, um, what, what is the, cause, and please look in the show notes, everybody, because we do have this pinwheel in there and I'm, we're all looking at it right now. There are some states here that not a single yeah. box is colored like in New Jersey. So in yeah, in um, Delaware, is that D's, North is Carolina, or is that Denver? Yes. Delaware's DE. Yeah. So or Denver is in Colorado. So what is Sean John? Edit out my geo- you, geographical ADSC, please. While I get more comments, please keep that yeah, in. And can you also play "Where in the World Is Carmen San Diego" theme song because that'd be amazing. Thank you. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? So, uh, w- in those states. What is when you all meet, uh, you know, with, with all the different components and things like that, and you get together for your different task forces, like, do you hear a lot about uh, from hygienists in leadership in those states where I don't know, I, and we're just going to get a little provocative on, on the podcast here. It, it has to be like a little bit uncomfortable for some of them. Wouldn't you imagine that they're looking at their state and they're like, oh my gosh, like we, we can't do anything um, and look at Colorado and, you know, almost everything's, color, you know, they can do all these things. Yeah. So what, what is, what is that so, like when, when you're sitting down with hygienists like yeah, that? So I've looked at um, doing some courses at some of the national conferences like ADHA or under one roof. And um, I was really involved with the medical dental integration pilot project that happened here in Colorado through the Delta Dental of Colorado Foundation. And we thought about presenting at ADHA, but we were like, as soon as we get there, the first thing that's going to happen is all the hygienists are going to be like, cool, that sounds great, but we can't get direct reimbursement in our state. We can't right. practice in a medical setting. We can't be supervised by a physician, like all these barriers that could come up. And so it's hard because we have so many great models that we've been piloting here in Colorado and in other states. Uh, California, Wisconsin's doing some cool things. Nevada's doing some cool things. Yes. But it's hard when you speak at a national conference because you're like, I can't tell you how to duplicate this in your state until we get some of these other pieces laid out. And I think the really hard part for myself and for a lot of other people who are working in the advocacy world is that the Co- Commission on Dental Accreditation, CODA, has the same standards for every dental hygiene program across yes. the country. We are all taught to the same standard. We are all taught dental hygiene diagnosis. We are all taught, um, you know, restorative materials. We're all taught like a lot of these things, but you can't do it in your state. And so that's really frustrating right. because it's like, why, as soon as I cross the state line into Kansas, should my education right. be invalid? That doesn't make any sense. Yes. Um, or hygienists, this happens a lot, especially lately, but hygienists from Colorado tend to move to California. That's like mm. a big migration path. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but California does its own thing. Does as that well. happen so, in November? Yes. Is that, is that when that happens? Is I that mean, happen? you know, there's, there's like an Africa <laughs> where like yes. the, you see the animals going through the migration through the Serengeti there's in November. Arizona too. People want happen? to come down to Arizona. Yes. <laughs> they bring backpacks or do they just yes, start they hiking? Do. Like, is that... Yes. Yeah. Do they have their scalers with them? They just have a box with all of their scalers. They're like, we're going to California. Yeah, their little suitcase. We'll scale for a ride. Yeah, don't try to go through TSA with your scalers. That gets tricky. 
Yeah. Um, you have to have like a, a business card in there. I've done <laughs> yes. that before where I was doing a hands-on. It's like I had to have like the business card of the local rep in yeah. my suitcase because apparently mm-hmm. like everyone at the, the airport knows like the local dental or medical rep. Yeah. Have you done that before? Mm-hmm. No, but now I'm that's a oh tip. yeah, yeah. I was, do- I I was doing this thing and I had to like go through in this the like local rep gave me a bunch of instruments to take back and he's like, Okay, put this in with the instruments and they won't ask you any questions. I was like, That's okay. amazing. But yeah, yeah so California kind of does its own thing as far as regulations. And so um there's a hygienist here in Colorado who owns her own practice and has owned her own practice for quite some time. What's her name? Been... Let's give her a shout out. Angie Rose. Hey, what, what, Angie. Angie. Good job, girl. <laughs> hey, Get it. Um, she owns Smile yes. Logic in Broomfield, Colorado. Um, Smile Logic. Let's see Smile. Her, I'm going to look, I'm looking her up on the, in, her up. On, on the Instagram. Smile she, um, Logic. She actually just got appointed to the Colorado Dental Board as well. And so it's great to have a, nice. an independent hygienist on that board to represent. Um, but anyway, so her, her and her husband are kind of talking about their, their next phase of life plans, their retirement plans, like what ne- what's next for them. And one of their options that they've looked at is California. But she's like, I've owned my own practice in Colorado for however many years. I've been doing administering yeah. local anesthesia here for however many years. And if I move to California, I have to take their local anesthesia course because they do their own thing. And how is that? I know. How does that make any sense? Yeah. So it doesn't. It doesn't. In fact, I took that course. I'm licensed in California. And it was silly because at the time when I took it, I was a faculty member teaching local anesthesia in Arizona. So I'm there taking the course, spending, by the way, it's like thousands to take this course. It's like $5,000. Yeah. So you go, you take, you take the course. And there was actually a point where one of the instructors was like, do you want to get up and like help other people? Because we're short staffed and we, it's like, no, I I paid to take this course. You're going to teach me. So yeah, it, you know, it is, it's, it's silly. And to your point, I think the opportunity now is to have a better conversation. My, My question to you, Alyssa is, you know, when you talk about, you know, hey, I'd love to put this content in front of other states. And this is, again, where I, I go back to your futuristic mindset and the way that all of you think or look at some of these things differently in the state of Colorado, even though we can't quite do it yet, shouldn't we still be having this dialogue? And the reason why I say that is, to your point, CODA expects us to know all these things. When we go to dental hygiene school, we are taught this information regardless, because we should be prepared someday. We, we are expected to read radiographs and interpret them, even though we legally, legally, I can't tell you, you have decay, right. but we all know what decay looks like on an x-ray, right? Because someday you love that? we're going to get right. there. We have to take pharmacology, mm-hmm. right? Someday we're going to get there. So my, my whole point is what, what is the solution for, what can we do right now? What is within our, I don't mean to say scope, but pun intended, but what is, what is within our scope of what we can do to at least start trying to move that needle forward and learn from States like Colorado? Yeah. So, um, that's kind of where, where I'm at right now. And what I'm trying to help figure out, um, real quick shout out though, well, before we move away from the little wheel thing, um, North Carolina, I think in the next maybe a few weeks is going to get a bill passed to administer local anesthesia. So wow. mm-hmm. finally yep. get one, one box checked off, but it, you know, it's a big one. They're gonna have one gonna, yeah. I want to get back to that. Is. 
I want to, I want to get back to the pinwheel after you answer this question. So I think, um, and for North Carolina, from what I know, I've talked a little bit to some of the leadership there and been following this bill pretty closely, but one of the things that's kind of been their turning point is that they did engage some external stakeholders. So instead of it just being the hygiene association versus the dental association, like it has been for 50 years, they engaged with the dental association and other stakeholders, you know, whatever their children's hospital or their children's health network Uh. or other people who might be engaged in this issue and really got a stakeholder group together and were able to get wide community acceptance on the issue. And that's what's going to lead to its success. And so I actually this week have been finalizing, um, we're going to be holding a workshop on advocacy at RDH under one roof. And I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Um, I, one of the things I'm excited about is that it's going to be at RDH under one roof rather than the ADHA conference, which I love ADHA. Obviously I work for the state association. Um, But I think it's going to be interesting because it's going to bring a different group of hygienists to the table that maybe aren't involved in what they consider like the politics side of things, but they just care about their profession and they want to make change and they don't know where to start. And we're really going to focus on like coalition building and engaging stakeholders and how can you like reach out to people that you wouldn't normally think to connect with to get acceptance Mm -hmm. around some of these issues. And like in Colorado, one of the things that has really been amazing over the last at least five or 10 years that I've been around and involved is our relationship with the Dental Association. And I know not every state has that, but I think we can move towards that. Um, It doesn't have to be an us versus them situation. So absolutely. Yeah. One thing I do want to add before we go back to the pinwheel too, to kind of tag on to what you said, Alyssa, and, and. I was blown away by this when I came to your annual session a few years back. Um, You guys in Colorado, the dental association shows up to the hygiene annual session. And I mean, you were standing there, Alyssa, next to like the director of the, you know, board, you know, the dental association there in Colorado, they were handing out awards to hygienists. I mean, they were participative, they were present, they were involved. And I will tell you, you know, I've been to many state associations and I had never seen that before. It was unbelievable to truly see hygienists and dentists standing in the same room, working collectively together. And I know, Alyssa, you have a great friendship with a lot of the people that are within the Colorado Dental Association, which I think is incredible because you just probably have them on speed dial. You can just call them, hey, this is what's going on. And that's where true collaboration happens. So to your point, it's not just an us versus them. There are other avenues and other ways to be able to create advocacy. And again, I love that your brain is thinking about that because it is more than that. It's more than just asking for permission from our dentists about, is it okay if I set up a little clinic inside of a children's hospital to help deliver fluoride varnishes? It's it's more than that. It's about going into these communities where they are trying, they're looking at the disparities and there is a lot of you know oral health challenges across the United States in health provider shortage areas and we solve that problem. So we have to stop asking for permission entirely from the dentists, create a collaboration with them, but also look to the other avenues, the the other arenas that we can use our advocacy and our skills to be able to support. hundred percent. And I think that's one of the things that 
this is a completely new topic that we won't go down the rabbit hole, but I think moving the hygiene programs out of the dental schools has really been a sad thing to see because when I graduated from hygiene school, it was a bachelor's of hygiene program in a dental school. And we took classes Mm -hmm. with the dental students. We had the same professors. And even um, now I work for a community health center and we have a lot of dental students that rotate through our clinic and just getting to talk to them and about what hygienists do and (laughs) who we are and what our education includes. And it's, they don't know anything about what our education includes. And so it's been really great to still kind of build those relationships. But I think this younger generation of dentists gets it and they're, they're more open-minded. And I think, um, working together is going to be key to moving forward. But do you think they get it more because of the openness of our kind of demographic, like our, our age group, our millennial or Gen Zers, Xers, Y? I think that's for sure. Gen Zers. They're more Y and Z, Z, right? They're, they're more Mm -hmm. up and coming. They're on the platforms. They're, you know, talking about their profession, more so than like the boomers, for example. Like, I don't know any cool boomers other than um, Howard Ferran that is out there talking about. That's Did you out there just call talk- Howard Ferran a cool boomer? A cool boomer, yeah. Do you, have you watched his videos? He did this cool video about Chick Fil A and how you should hire people. That. You should hire people uh, for in the service industry and teach them dental um, mm-hmm. because they, you know, they they get it. They get it. Mm-hmm. Do you think yeah. that? Mm-hmm. That is why that we oh. have this more of like open communication with our our docs that are within our sort of there's estate. for sure generational influences. I mean, undoubtedly, yeah. I think um, millennial, Gen Y, Gen Z, whomever, we're definitely more um, open minded, more inclusive, more like, what do you bring to the table? I want to draw off of your strengths rather than like I'm gonna hold on to everything myself. Um, right. In general, we've seen this in the association world. These younger generations aren't so enticed by titles and positions. Um, that mm. used to be a big thing was like people wanted to be vice president and then president. And then, you know, like the, these things had status and intrigue. And these younger generations don't really care about a lot of that. They just want to yeah. like, they want to be called like, chief idea officer or whatever you know mm-hmm. yeah. just like, they want to know what you bring to the table and I think some of that is rooted in the patriarchy of dentistry where it was like no I'm the dentist and I worked hard for my degree which you did and nobody's discrediting that you know but yeah hygienists also worked hard for their degree and their expertise and so how can you draw off of what each person's bringing to the table and build something better rather than trying to fight against each other. So there's definitely some generational yeah. growth and I think it's a good thing. Okay, one, one last question about the pinwheel. Oh, okay. I'm okay. holding oh, my pinwheel no, well, question. Irene really wants to go to the pinwheel. I really wanna, okay, let's I, go to the pinwheel. Because I want to put the pinwheel to bed so that we could talk a little bit about SDF because we've got about like 10 minutes left. So let's, let's put um, the pinwheel to bed. So in states in the pinwheel that have none of the colors of the boxes checked out, so like... Um, like New Jersey, for example, only has the local anesthetic direct versus indirect versus general. Um, 
what what does the scope of a practice of a dental hygienist in New Jersey look like in comparison to the scope of practice of someone in Colorado? Um, so I don't I don't know New Jersey's scope of practice super well, but my understanding is that a lot of what they do is under direct supervision. So it's very much the traditional like hygienist employed by a dentist in a dental practice. Um, whereas Colorado, most of our scope of practice is under what Colorado calls indirect supervision, which is really confusing because every other state calls it general supervision. We'll get that fixed someday because it's very complicated. But um, so actually, most of our scope is unsupervised. So zero supervision of a dentist. There's a couple of things that need indirect supervision, which is lasers and um, local anesthesia. And then only one thing requires direct supervision, which is nitrous oxide. Um, mm. So in Colorado, because so much of our scope of practice is completely unsupervised, it opens up a lot of different avenues. So you can work in a nursing home or you can work in a medical clinic or you can work in a hospital setting or you can work in a school or you can work where lots of settings are open to you, but also brick and mortar practice options or mobile practice options are open to you um, without being employed by a dentist. And that gets a little interesting too, because of, you know, you're not always a W-2 employee. Sometimes you're a 1099 or self-employed, whatever. And so those things get complicated too. But I think from what I understand, and I'm sure there are some things that New Jersey can do under general supervision, but it's going to look more traditional, like dentists, two hygienists, dental assistants in a dental practice. Um, and so as more of those things move to general supervision or unsupervised, hopefully at some point, then you open a lot more opportunities of like, okay, now we can think creative about different workforce models, different settings, different leadership structures, all kinds of things. But until you can kind of remove some of those restrictions and Colorado's allowed hygienists to own their own practice since the early 80s. And we've allowed mm -hmm. local anesthesia since the late 70s. So we definitely were ahead of the curve. And people call me all the time to ask how we got that to happen in Colorado. And I say, well, I wasn't alive I'm when that happened. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. luckily, I have some amazing mentors. And I've heard them tell the stories many, many times. Um, Deb Ashtroth, who's a hygienist here, she's one of my mentors. Her and I were interviewed by Mary Otto when she was writing the book Teeth. Oh, and that was really yeah. cool to get to hear her tell her stories about where Colorado was. And then I was kind of the where we headed next. Um, mm, cool. So, yeah, it was neat. Very cool. Oh. You truly are amazing, Alyssa. And I, I think the the cool thing about what you're doing is not only are you working to advocate for Colorado, but you're helping to create partnerships with some of the other states to really help elevate what they're doing. And, and I think that's where we need to start going. I love the collaboration. And, you know, we'd mentioned earlier about um, millennials and, and some of the shifts and pivots that we're starting to see. Um, before we talk about SDF really quickly, um, I wanted to ask you about what your thoughts are on the status of education um, across dental hygiene schools in the United States, specifically that um, what we're starting to see is that education really, A, provides the foundation of what we need to know in order to be successful for our boards and our careers. Um, but education also, to your point, has kind of kicked open that door in many states for dental students to interact with dental hygiene students or here in the state of Arizona, 
dental students are taught by hygienists in their local anesthesia clinic. And those are done intentionally so that dentists, when they graduate from dental school, see hygienists as leaders, you know, in, in really knowing. I mean, in fact, in a lot of course content, hygienists are teaching perio to dental students, right? So we're starting to see that shift or that movement forward in a lot of different ways. But at the same time, and this is where I do want to get a little bit provocative at the same time, we also do see in some programs or even in some states that there are educators who are not ready to move that needle forward. Or, you know, we, we I feel like we're kind of just stuck in the same gear in many ways. And sometimes while education can push us forward, it can also keep us where we are. So what are some thoughts or, or conversations that are circulating, circulating around um, ADHA about how we can help empower education to start moving the needle on their end? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you said. I One of my classmates, um, Megan Crow, she works at the dental school and teaches the local anesthesia course. And so um, mm-hmm. definitely I've seen some of that. But I, I think sometimes in the dental schools or the dental hygiene schools, they're, they're burdened with a lot of accreditation standards and curriculum that they have to meet. And they're squeezing it into so little amount of time. Like, as we know, um, Mm -hmm. an associates in hygiene really ends up being almost like bachelor degree hours because there's so much content in such a short amount of time. So I understand all of the things that they're burdened with and they have to try to figure out a way to manage it. So sometimes it is hard to kind of think forward five years or 10 years because they're like, we have to get through this year and we have to meet all these standards and freaking COVID happens and Mm -hmm. we can't do any of the things that we were doing. They can't go on rotations and they are cut short in clinical hours. There's so many things happening. Um, And so I don't think it's any fault of their own. I think it's kind of a beast that we created. And I would love to see the hygiene schools and the dental schools have a lot more flexibility in their curriculum to introduce some of these ideas. We have a really great professor at the CU School of Dental Medicine who he used to work for CDC and he is very public health minded. And he has been trying to integrate teledentistry into the dental school curriculum where he will have a dental student that's on one floor of the dental school doing the x-rays and photos and assessment of the patient. And then there's a dental student on a different floor of the dental Mm. school reviewing all of that on a computer and making the diagnosis Mm. and treatment plan. And so as as much as you can do that in in one building in an educational setting, he's like, we got to get people out of the mindset of stick your explorer in the cavity to see if it sticks. Like, right. Yeah. We got to move away from that, but how do we move away from that? And that has to start at the education level if they're not exposed to any of these things. So um, hygienists in Colorado can do interim therapeutic restorations, ITR, which is basically a glass ionomer restoration. um, But it's not taught in dental school. And so the dentist has to diagnose and treatment plan that restoration for the hygienist to do it at this remote site. But if the dental students aren't taught that in dental school, who's going to treatment plan that when they get out into practice? So then the hygienist has to take a course on it to learn how to do it. But the dentist who's supervising them doesn't have to take a course to learn about it. So then the hygienist is the one trying to educate the dentist about this procedure that can be done and why it's beneficial. It's just 
kind of backwards. It's like that here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same kind of situation yeah. here. Yeah. So I think we gotta we gotta start like thinking outside the box and change both the hygiene education and the dental school education to be like these these models are being done in other states. And even if it's a short course or kind of like an adjunct course, like open people's minds to start thinking that way so that when they get out, there's opportunity for them to learn more. But it, it's going to be a long road because, like I said, I know they have these other standards that they have to meet. So where do you put elective courses yeah. into yeah. this curriculum? You don't. Right. <laughs> so, well, you can't. Yeah, yeah, there's just no room. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Tell, tell us a little bit as we close up here about your experiences with SDF, silver diamine fluoride which I absolutely love. And uh, unfortunately in my practice, I'm the only person that does it, um, yeah. which is a challenge in and of itself. And it's a similar situation where like, it didn't quite exist in the curriculum of the doc that works mm-hmm. on site with me. So he like refers it all to me. And the question mm-hmm. is like, can this be an SDF case? It's always like, a, he, he doesn't really, he's a process. He doesn't treat kids. Right. So he like forwards mm-hmm. all of the children either to me or to, like our pedo practice that we refer to. And it's like, he'll come into my room and he'll be like, I just saw a kid. Like, can you look at these x-rays? Like, can this be SDF? So it's kind of cool. Your, he asks you, cute. I mean. Yeah. He's, it's, he's, like it's really cool. It's he's great. amazing. Yeah. I mean, except I can't it's diagnose. So, right. so he's, he's wonderful. <laughs> You're like, legally, I can't tell you, legally, doctor. I can't tell you, but I can, <laughs> you want the answer, I'll I give it to you. say that maybe... Um, <laughs> what, uh, is yeah. that, what is that quote from my big fat Greek wedding where the... The wife's like the husband's the head of the family, but the wife uh-huh. is the neck. Wife and she can neck. turn the head yeah. whichever way she wants. <laughs> yep. That's, like- <laughs> That's kind of what I felt like you just said. It's like, no, it's your decision, but I can kind of tell you. I can what show your decision you. That's the de- yeah. Right. Yeah. Sure. So tell me a little bit about your experience with SDF. Sure. What does that look like within the scope of practice of hygienists in Colorado? Yeah. And um, yeah. So it's been a bumpier road than I thought it should be. Um, So I first learned about SDF in 2014, I want to say it was, at the ADHA conference. They actually had a public health track, and Dr. Jeremy Horse spoke at it and did a course on SDF, and I took more notes than I've ever taken in a CE course in my life, and I came back and I was like, here we go, we're going to do this, I work in a community health center, this is going to be so great, and our dental director was a little bit more reserved just because he had never heard of it either. And so he wanted to do some research. And then during him doing his research, somebody asked our dental board, can a hygienist place SDF? And it was a little complicated, but my understanding was that the attorney who worked for our dental board at the time or who was on our dental board at the time said that, it was not in the scope of a hygienist because it caused irremediable alteration of oral anatomy because it stained the tooth black. And so Mm. we had to go through legislation to allow hygienists to use it. Whereas most other states in the United States have just said it's a fluoride. So if you can apply a fluoride, you can apply SDF. So most states, it was just like a board statement that said SDF is a topical fluoride, carry on as you would with fluoride varnish. Not so much in Colorado. So we ended up having to draft legislation, which was challenging because no other states had had to do that. And so it was a long process. We worked with the Dental Association. 
got it through, but there are some weird stipulations. So you have to take a one hour course on SDF in order to apply it, which ended up being how I started teaching the course because there wasn't a one hour live course on SDF at the time that was readily available. Um, so I started teaching it once a month and then, um, that you could do it offsite. So under general supervision, what we call indirect, but a dentist had to like supervise you offsite, which gets a little tricky because it's on label uses for sensitivity. So how do you like diagnose sensitivity offsite? It, it's a weird thing. So it got yeah. kind of tricky, but we just went through that bill um, in Colorado, they have what's called sunset. So bills, especially new legislation will come up for review in like four or five years. And so we just finished our sunset process and our bill was signed into law. So now SDF is under our limited prescriptive authority, which is unsupervised. So now a hygienist can do it without any supervision of a dentist. They still have to take the one hour course, but it can now be an Mm -hmm. on-demand course instead of a live course because... I don't know what you're going to learn in a live webinar that you're not going to learn in an on-demand webinar. I mean, unless, unless you're like placing it. So I tried right. to it's not teach my, yeah. my new hygienist right. how to do SDF yeah. and, you know, like there's a few tricks and tips Definitely. like using yeah. Vaseline around right. the lips mm-hmm. and right. like mm-hmm. uh, how to do like the floss technique where you're using right. super totally. floss and you're yeah. placing the SDF on the super floss. Like there's a lot of little tips but that I would can be great. send you Dr. McLean's videos on that. Right. She's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Right. I, right. I use a lot of her photos and a lot of her videos because I'm like, you're going to want to go mostly right. the people who take my class are hygienists because they have to. But the dentist that they work with isn't taking the class, but they should. And so then they go back and then the dentist wants to watch it. And so I send them all these links to a lot of her videos or I say, fine, you can have a recording of my course. I don't care. I want you guys just to be able to use it. Yeah. Um, And I say, you know, yes, the state requires us to take a one hour course on it. Is that silly? Yes. But anytime you use a new product, you should educate yourself on that product. And it's the conversation piece too, right? Like talking about how you would present this to a parent and tell them that their children's teeth are going to be black um, and 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 how to obtain consent. Like those things are important to review. I talked a lot about that because, you know, the consent piece is not technically required, but I highly, highly, highly recommend it. And so does everybody else who uses it. Right, Because it's a conversation with the family and make sure that everybody has the same expectations of what it's going to do, what it's going to look like, why you're choosing that over a different treatment option, which we should be doing with every treatment option. You know, like when we present an SRP treatment plan to somebody, we should be talking about why, why are we choosing this treatment? What are your options for surgical or other therapies? you know, we should be going through that with every patient. We don't always do the best job because we're trying to get it all done in a time crunch. But um, I always say, I'm like, you know, the, the one hour course is silly, but it is good to just kind of get some background on it and make sure you understand it and make sure other people in your practice understand it, even the front desk or office manager, because that patient comes in and complains that you turn their tooth black and yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, they did what? And so it's always good for everybody in the office to know what the treatment is and why you're providing it and what 
you know, what the... I've worked, I've worked images into our consent form because we use yes. like iPads for all of our consent yeah. forms through Yappy. So like mm-hmm. I took a series of photos of a case that I did on the day, like the moment that I do it, because the black doesn't start right, right. away. It's mm-hmm. like over the course of a week to two weeks. Right. So it's like today versus in two hours and then that's a good idea, has, Irene. And then yeah. and then two weeks later and mm-hmm. what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we repeat the process twice. So right. we'll do it like a couple right. of weeks later. Yeah. Um, and I even have a photo of like what could happen if the kid moves and it gets all over their face. Mm-hmm. So I know this from experience because at one point I thought I was a genius. I was like, well, I'm not going to put the floss in and then deliver the the uh, SDF to the floss. I'm just going to dip the floss in the SDF and then the kid moves around and there's like whiskers on the kid's face. Like it looks, he looks like a, like this little boy looked like a mouse. Or like little splatters. Yeah. Right. And like, I had it on my arms. Like it was just like, I had a tattoo. Mm -hmm. I think I posted on Instagram of like battle wounds of SDF. And it was just like tattoos on my arms from the silver. So I took, I asked the mother, I'm like, can I use this as a a photo in my consent form? Obviously I cropped the little kid's face out, but it was like all over his face. Um, So I've worked that into the consent form too, because like if the kids squirmy and sometimes Mm -hmm. kids are squirmy and they move around Mm -hmm. or they like want to lick the floss, yeah, <laughs> um, it could make them look like a mouse. And I think too, like I pre-COVID ran a school-based health center program through our FQHC, but um, and so obviously kids are my passion, and that's where I use it most. But I've also tried to explain in my course, there's a lot of cases, especially in light of COVID and trying to reduce aerosols, that you can use SDF on adult patients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, yes, seniors. We talk a lot about seniors as well, because their goals are different. Their goals are not always aesthetically driven. They're functionally driven, Um, but also just on our general adult population around crown margins. And I actually applied it on my husband. He has a lot of old amalgam restorations from, you know, childhood and teen years. And I applied it around all the margins of all of his amalgams. And some of them turned pretty black and so no way. And, yeah and our dentist was like well I can see Alyssa got in here yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I mean he was like I don't want to have to get a crown on a lot of these teeth because he has these huge right, yeah. amalgam restorations and so for him the option to at least delay if not prevent having to have those turned into crowns or extractions further down the road I mean he's still young so um, yeah. So in yeah, your course, and we can we can we link your course? I mean, is it do you have to be a hygienist from Colorado to take your course? No. So it's only been offered live until now because it had to be live for it to count for the Colorado hygienist. But I'm about to upload it as an on-demand course. So I'll once I do that, I'll send you a link. But cool. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. I mean, it's it's always important. To and then talk I about. always send people to Doctor. McLean's McLean. courses yeah. too because yeah. she has them on Dental Town and she has them on YouTube. Like she, she and I are, she's amazing. She and I are text, text first name basis now yes. because so I sent her the mustache photo of the little kid with the with <laughs> nice. the with the whiskers, um, and uh, yeah, she she kind of laughed at me and then asked if she could use it in one of her lectures. I was like, That's as awesome. long as you credit credit me, and I'll <laughs> yeah. I sent her a photo of like me like. With the with the SDF <laughs> down my arms, um, she's she's very sweet, very very yeah. sweet. She's um, awesome. 
and yeah, well, let's link that because I feel like we could talk about SDF forever. Oh, and, yes. Um, well, like one of the questions that I have for her is how deep is too deep? Like how deep is too mm-hmm. deep to use SDF? And do hygienists in Colorado place in term stabilization post SDF or do you wait? Do you do it immediately? Because if you do it immediately, it's going to turn black. Do you yeah. wait to do it? So so both. It kind of depends on the situation. So the some hygienists. Yeah. And some hygienists who are working in settings where they know the chances of them seeing the child back again are slim. They'll do it the same day. So they'll do mm-hmm. SPF and then the glass ionomer and, you know, something is better than nothing because, you know, that person probably isn't coming back for a second appointment. But then there's others that, you know, place it, see how it goes and then decide if the glass ionomer even needs to be there. Depends on tooth location and lots of things. But. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Well, we could talk Isn't all day about this. Knowledge. She is. I know. Fabulous. She's amazing. Wonderful, wonderful. Anyways. Well, it's time, Katrina. Unfortunately, Tis it's the time. time. It's time. Do you know what time it is, Alyssa? I don't. What time oh, is it? Oh, okay. Well, we are called the Tooth or Dare <laughs> podcast for a reason. The end of every show, our guest gets to uh, go up against uh, Katrina and I, who will do a visually and virtually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors. And the loser goes up against you. And you get to choose whether you accept or dish a tooth or a dare. So uh, Katrina and I will get queued up whenever she returns from wherever she just left to go to. And we will do our rock, paper, scissors. Um, But in the meantime, uh, the rest of you lovely humans listening to this could follow us on uh, all of the platforms. You can follow us on Instagram at toothordare.podcast. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genesis. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. And of course, uh, where can people find you? I know you're on Instagram, but your Instagram is a private Instagram account because I just found it. Do you have a public place where people can Um, find you? I need to make a public Instagram. I'm working on that. All right, um, but we'll, I, we'll I, link we'll link it below uh, yeah, if she makes one until then. Know me as the the Facebook girl because I run our Colorado Dental Hygienist Association Facebook group. There you um, go. But yeah, I also work part time for the Colorado Dental Hygienist Association, so um, people can find me there as well. So I can wonderful. Link, I can send you my contact info. Wonderful, fabulous. Okay, mm-hmm. Katrina, you ready to go, friend? I'm nervous. Okay, I am too. I'm kind of sweating a little okay. bit. Ready, rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, wow. I cover your I, rock. Irene's on a winning streak I lately. I smothered I'm your you. rock with my love. Uh, Alyssa, you and Katrina are up against one another. Alyssa, would you like to accept or dish a tooth or a dare? I'll if you best. do a tooth, it happens right now and it's hardcore. And if you accept a dare, it gets filmed and it goes up on social media. Ooh. On Instagram. I feel so like, I feel she's like I'll ex- accept. Are well, you gonna accept a, a tooth, tooth or, a or a dare? Um, <laughs> let's see. Let's do a tooth. Oh, <gasps> okay. I have wanted to ask you this for a long time. You and you can totally not answer this if you don't want to. She accepted a tooth. So okay. You gotta answer it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she may say, "I want to do a dare." Okay, Alyssa, I see. So I'm in the Colorado Dental Hygienists Association Facebook group Uh and there are a lot of questions that come up that are like, just look it up people. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they, people post, people post (laughs) questions like, am I allowed to take an x-ray without my doctor being present? And it's like, you could look that up like on this, you know, but you are so amazing about being like, hello, Jen. 
Um, yes, you technically can, but, and, and it's always like, you're, it's so good. It's so good. And it's just, it never fails. Anytime there's a question, there's Alyssa, like boom, a loom, like doing it. Right. So I want to know, like, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> when you get <laughs> okay. so, so part of the reason I'm always the first to respond is because I'm always the one approving the post. So that's part of it. I'm not just really okay. button for my social media, but um <laughs> it's also funny because people tell me all the time, oh my gosh, you're so patient. And I said, my husband would tell you differently because he <laughs> sees the faces that I make when I have to answer a question for the 900th time. Um mm-hmm. I mean, it's good and bad. Like, I don't think that people should go to Facebook for legal advice in any setting. Um, And so when I do answer them, I try to like quote the Practice Act or like quote some source that they can just go look up themselves. There's also a website called Google It Yourself, I think is what it's called. And you can like type in what somebody should have Googled and then send them the link and it'll just send them the search results of what they would have found (laughs) had they Googled it themselves. Um, But I also um, posted on my Facebook like a week or two ago, like the translation of work emails. Did you see that post, Katrina? No. Like if it says per your last email. Oh, it's like, my last yes. email. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. <laughs> so that's um, a little peek into how you I should really have wrote it the first time. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so oh, it's a, it's so a balance because sometimes I'm like, yeah, for, for real, like look at the post right above yeah. yours that already asked this exact same question. Um, or like the comments in the post because yeah. half the time like someone will ask a question and I'll answer it in the comment mm-hmm. yeah and then the next person will post after that like yes. what's the name of the like right away yeah right, right. It's like, and yeah because it's easier for them to just ask like you a million times right <laughs> like <laughs> well and I, what happens is like people see the comment box but they don't always like click the see other or, comments or whatever right. and so they mm-hmm. have to eight hundred people have already answered that exact same thing or people answer it incorrectly and that like irks me and then like yes. as a moderator That's... i could just go in and delete them but i try not to because censorship right because then you would you know? be censoring right. people and that would be even <laughs> yeah. worse right old boss used to say something <sighs> funny and i've kind of like dug this saying up because i get a lot of questions from my team members about like where's the ipad charger or like how do mm-hmm. i charge this electric toothbrush yeah. um and my old boss whenever i would ask like a seemingly silly question she would say that sounds like a one-person question <laughs> not a two-person question <laughs> So I've been saying that recently. Yeah. So Chris was like asking me something yesterday about like some camping equipment. Uh And I was like, that sounds like a one person question, not a two person question. (laughs) You use that all the time now. You're going to say that question all the time. So Um, I mean, like one of the things that people ask a lot is like they want me to send them a copy of their dental hygiene license and they'll reach out to me as if I'm the dental board. But people don't understand the difference between like the dental association and the dental hygiene association right. and that's the like dental the, board. That's but, like the question we get about like what's the CE code? Yes. Where yeah. like they'll slide oh, into yeah, your yeah. DMs as, as a speaker, speaker yeah. Yeah. and they'll be like, What's, what's the, the CE, CE code? code for the course I that know. I took back in like I'm October of 2020? Like, exactly. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Or Turns out I don't you know. also <laughs> teach 300 courses a year. So yes, like, right. how I, I attended your course. 
Right? Which What's course the are you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> or like right now, um, the dental board just sent out audits for our last license cycle. So the 2018 to 2020 license cycle. And so now everybody who needs to like get all their stuff in order to send into the dental board is reaching out. And a lot of people just break yeah. down the codes and don't ever go like Not get the their title or anything. So like, oh, you know, no. you have to go enter that into a survey and then they'll send yes. you their certificate. Well, they just have a list right. of codes. So they have a list Jeez. that says like orange, purple, blue 22. And then they're supposed to send that to the dental board. And like the dental board is supposed <sighs> to know what that means. Um, oh, so yeah, there, there are definitely some faces behind the scenes and, you know, Yikes. Yeah, it's, it's so funny. Yeah, I knew you were. That would drive that me to drink. I don't think that. I could do that. That would that would literally <laughs> drive me to drink. It would. It would. I was just gonna say. Well, I'd have and to it take does, like a it? sip every question. <laughs> I mean, I do that with Instagram messages. I feel like if I had to do that on like a professional level, I don't know if I'd be able to censor myself. And I, I mean, I've tried to over the years. Like we created a scope of practice like spreadsheet I created a scope of practice spreadsheet for Colorado mm-hmm. and it has like all the things we can do and then like the citation for the rules and regulations and the citation for the practice act and like what year it was last changed because that's another thing people will be like so what are the new CE requirements and I'm like oh you mean the CE requirements that passed in 2014 those aren't new anymore yeah. like yeah look so, it up but like, look it up Jan so we like up. The, the, what are the new guidelines for pre-medication yeah yeah it's like they're not new right. that, yeah. like they're not new yeah they're no, no longer no, new. new yeah oh. okay so, we gotta yeah. pack just it up, yeah. it up. But yeah, it's been this, fun. Was, just good, this was a good tooth. Good job, Katrina. I'm <laughs> proud of you. Fabulous. That was good. Oh. Fabulous. Okay. All right. Well, thanks again for hanging out with us today, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. This was really we lovely. Appreciate it. Um, my morning coffee was that much sweeter just because you were oh, no. here. Yeah, it was great. I She's have my chai here. I don't drink coffee, but I have my chai. She does. So. Chai is like the fancy hipster version of tea. Like yes. I feel like anytime, anytime I hear someone say chai, it's like, it's tea. It's just powdered tea, Alyssa. <laughs> yeah. It's also like, um, I, I spent a lot of time in Central America. It's basically horchata too. It's just like cinnamon sugar milk with a little bit Got of it. coffee in it. So. Okay. All right, everyone. Enjoy she the rest of your loves, day. She also, hold on, hold on. She also loves rocking out to nineties music and movie sure. theater popcorn. So sure. I absolutely love that. Enjoy yourself some 90s music today. You if go. you're heading into work, whatever it is that you're doing, go rock it out to some 90s music. A little bit of Tumbo Wumba or I'm something. i do that now. Tumbo Wumba. Let's do it. Okay. All right, everyone. All right. Thanks Street again boys. for tuning in to another episode of the Two Bear Podcast. We will catch you later. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. On the flippity flip from here. The flippity flip on the flip here side. Here we are. We're here. Oh my gosh! Guess what, Irene? I, I, mean, I you, always you know, say it wrong, and you always what? Um. So you know, we talked about in the episode was the the fact that we're doing um a big wine thing this weekend for Colorado. Yeah, and my stupid comment about the wine monger thinking that or so our cheese monger thinking that a cheese monger is like a small person that lives in like a cellar and produces cheese. Like that's a, that was what was like going in my mind. It's like, it's like a tiny little elf like or something. Stirring milk. Like, like yes, yeah, like yes. has to stand has to stand on like a stool to reach the bottom of the cauldron of cheese. I can't. That is You're totally so what ridiculous. I thought I was like a cheese monger was. 
Um, Not accurate. But yeah. <clears throat> today, literally, like... 30 minutes before we hopped on to record this intro outro, I got my wine and my wine glass shipped. And it's so funny because I was in the shower and my doorbell rang and I was like, I can't miss it because those of you who have ever had wine shipped to you, you know, you have to sign for it. So if UPS tries to drop it off and you're not there to sign for it, then they like take it back to their warehouse and then they try and come back another time. So I literally was like in a robe with my hair up in like the, you know, little flu-flu thing that we do and we're washing our hair. And I, oh, I answered the door. That's how dedicated I am to getting my wine. And I got my little wine um, box with my wine glass and I'm going to purchase my cheese super soon and it's going to be great. So by the time this episode airs, we will have done our fabulous Colorado wine tour weekend, which is going to be wonderful. Uh, sponsored by Dense by Serona, actually. Nice. So we're going to be talking all things um, radiology technique and oral systemic link with DS, which is going to be cool. phenomenal. So cool, cool. But awesome. yeah, it's going to be great. So awesome. Awesome. Cheers well. to everybody. Um, enjoy some wine. Enjoy some cheese. Do all the things this week. Irene, I hope that your high V's heal. You too, friend. I feel like we keep saying that. We should just stop talking about it. We should start talking about it when it's over. Oh, fun fact okay. to throw things off. I booked my vaccine. Hey, hey. Finally. Good for you, Irene. I know. That's exciting. I got the green light yesterday. I saw a rheumatologist yesterday and I asked about uh, booking my vaccination. And he gave mm-hmm. me the green light. So I booked it. So I'm going. I'm going on Sunday. Yay. Um. Sunday the 9th so not this Sunday because I couldn't get an appointment it's next Sunday and then the next my next dose is booked too for uh, August 25th excited anywho um wait August 25th yeah apparently that's what they do what yeah wait August yeah so the first one is May 9th and then the second one is three months later that's what they're doing here is that not what they're doing there wow no um here I, I I got Pfizer I got my first dose and then four weeks later I got my second dose. Oh, so they apparently told us that they don't need, um, you don't need to get them back to back like that, but perhaps it's just the, anyways, Hmm. we'll talk about it later. Okay. Thanks everyone. Tune into our Truth or Dare podcast, uh, to, to follow along and until next time, peace out peeps. Cheers. Thank you for calling Tooth Life Studio. Irene speaking. How may I help you? I can't. Damn it. Sorry, I had to answer Did the phone. Did you just answer the phone? I am, I am the receptionist. I can just let it go, to, but then I missed it anyways.